Um, I'm just going to open with prayer for the, for the message. Lord Jesus, uh, please just bless uh, the words that I'm going to say. Uh, I just trust you for the outcome. And fill this place with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for the opportunity to come and preach. I've got like 80 slides, so uh, I told my wife, hour and a half. <laughs> Won't be able to do all 80 slides, but we're going to zip through, so do what we can. And uh, oh, we have a ornament in the way. So I figured I might as well tell you what I'm going to tell you before I tell you, right? The kingdom of heaven. I'm going to talk to you just briefly about the kingdom of heaven, what it is. Uh, angels' origins. So when were angels created and why? What, what were they created for? I'm going to tell you, that's going to mess with your mind for some people, that angels are in fact stars. Okay, that's why they're the stars of Christmas. And uh, that they're messengers. They have a message going back to why they were created. So fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. Um, this is the scripture that was read earlier, so I'm just going to skip on and get right into the kingdom of heaven. So, kingdom of heaven is four-dimensional. Okay, so we, we live in a world with three dimensions. You know, we have length, width, and height. Everybody understands that. That's what we can comprehend. And the scripture tells us that um, there is breadth, length, depth, and height to the kingdom of heaven. That's four dimension. So if you could wrap your mind around that a little bit, I can't. So if you can, then you're doing really good. But I can tell you that within a three-dimensional world, what kind of shadow do we cast? A two-dimensional one. It's an interactive message today. So, so <laughs> we, we cast a two-dimensional shadow. What do you suppose that a fourth-dimensional kingdom would cast? Just logically, three. Right. So, do you think the scriptures might tell us that things in heaven are going to be a shadow? Things here on earth are a shadow of things of heaven? Might come up, right? All right. So, angels, uh, just continue with the theme of the four dimensions. Just highlight a few things the Bible seems to index or indicate for us. Angels were created on the fourth day. Wait, wait a second. Okay, now I might touch on some people's individual doctrines and theologies. I thought angels were created before man and all this kind of stuff. Well, they were. The man was on the sixth day. So angels were created on the fourth day, and I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, kingdom of heaven, uh, where angels exist, is the fourth kingdom that is talked about in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is first mentioned in the 40th book of the Bible. The word, or the phrase, kingdom of heaven, comes up in the book of Matthew, which is one of four Gospels. And uh, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, is discussed in all four Gospels. Um, the Rosetta Stone of all parables would be the sower goes out to sow some seed, and there are how many soils? Four soils. Okay, so once again, four. Angels are first mentioned in Genesis 16. It happens to be four times four. Spiritual warfare is against four factions. That would be principalities, powers, rulers in darkness, and wickedness in high places. That's four things talking about heaven and the spiritual warfare in heaven. Angels carry the throne of God. You know, there are four living creatures that actually bear up the throne of God. Four living creatures. That's cool. And uh, uh, John sees them again. Ezekiel sees them. John sees them. Four living creatures. Uh, the law was written on four sides of the stone tablets. Remember Moses went up on the mountain 
and he goes and cuts out two tablets. It says this, the law was written on the front and on the back side. Okay. Sorry if I'm moving fast, just I have so much to cover. So that's why I said seatbelts. Right. All right, so four sides. And I think that's important. Uh, the four uh, sides of those tablets push us back to the gospel that comes later in the four gospels. Okay. Uh, so we live in a kingdom with three-dimensional objects and they cast two-dimensional shadows. So I'm going to posit to you that the kingdom of heaven will send us four to, uh, three-dimensional shadows. Uh, Hebrews 10 says, for the law, remember the, the four sides of the stones? The law. Uh, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things that can uh, never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. So the law is a shadow of good things to come. Okay, so there's, uh, the law was on earth, went up on a mountain, that's the law, and it's a shadow of things that are going to come. Okay. Colossians 2.15, we have the same thing. Um, we have, which are a shadow of things to come. I can't keep my hands straight. Which are a shadow of things to come. Um, so we're going to see that kind of repeat a couple times here. I did want to note principalities and powers. We just saw that uh, from Ephesians uh, 6, verse 12. Principalities, powers, religion, darkness. So we have a, a continuity reference. Uh, Hebrews 8.15, now, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. That's a math word. This is actually, if you go through the Bible, you're going to find math words all over. Divided and multiplied and uh, added unto some. Anyway, it's kind of fun when you start tracing that out, what God's actually saying. Uh, we have uh, such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty of heaven. We know that's Jesus. Uh, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. So there's a hint. There's a true tabernacle, uh, which the Lord pitched and not man. So the one that was in the desert, that was done by Moses and his team. He's talking about one that he's building, not made with the hands of men. That means it's heavenly. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have someone also to offer. We know that was himself. Uh, for if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that um, there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Again, a reference to the law, for those four-sided tablets, who serve unto uh, the examples and shadow of heavenly things. So everything that Moses was doing back in the first five books of the Bible, everything that's happening in Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, all that is going to point to the kingdom of heaven and what's coming, right? And when Jesus is here, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It says the kingdom of heaven is here. So. All right. Angels were created by God. Sometimes there's this idea that angels were just around with God. Uh, you know, the famous theologian J.R.R.R.R.R. Tolkien positive the idea that angels help create everything. So unfortunately, that's, a, that's mythology and it's wrong. Angels were created by God. So we know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say, um, without Him was not anything made that was made. So apparently, I can't control my hand. So anyway, so everything in creation was made by God. We actually went through this Sue, remember we went through this with the kids on our Thursday night, that there's nothing in this world that wasn't created by God. Okay? So, and uh, when they heard, they lifted up their voice uh, to God with one accord and said, Lord, the 
uh, thou art God which has made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. And just in case you weren't counting, that's four things. Uh, Colossians 1, 16, 17, for by him all things were created in heaven. Uh, and that is in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. And we're seeing a lot of the same words coming up again, aren't we? Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. It was his work. There's no other force in there. There's no uh, uh, natural causes, no big bang stuff that happened. God created everything. Okay? If it's hard for you to wrap your mind around the fact that God is, he said, I am that I am. And if you can't wrap your mind around that, just ask God for wisdom and uh, let him, believe him. Just believe him. Believe what he says. Authority is not a science textbook, although the science textbook should tell us lots of stuff that joins in and stands by what the Bible says, but our authority is the word of God. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip this because I already mentioned it. Um, some people think that angels are eternal. Some people think that there's a gap between, say, verse 1 and verse 2. And if you feel that way, that's what you think. Please don't be offended by what I'm saying. But I'm a strong opinion guy, so I'm going to show you mine. <laughs> angels were created on day four since the angels are stars. I'll defend that after. But God says that he created the stars on day four. He created the greater light and the lesser light and the stars and What's more important, I think, when we, we grasp out of this is what was their purpose? Why did he create them? And he did that for seasons, for days, for, sorry, for signs, messengers, didn't bring signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. That's actually four things again on day four. Okay, so we're going to actually see this come up in other scriptures where there's going to be these four things for, for uh, seasons, days, um, for signs, seasons, days, and years. Okay. All right. We know um, that uh, a third of the stars were scooped up by the tail of Satan in Revelation 12. And the Bible tells us that the stars are angels. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven. Okay, so they're for signs. For seasons, for days, and for years, and for things. Oops. Okay. I'm not going to see my shadows. Okay. Astronomers tell us that the stars are simply orbs of burning gas. And I'm going to defend the fact that stars are angels. Um, they are, right? We know that they're orbs or balls or gigantic things of burning gas that are of fire, they're burning, they produce light, they send off EM radiation, we can listen to it with special equipment, etc. But the secular scientists are limited in their conclusions based on being stuck in their three-dimensional world. They're not thinking about a fourth-dimensional world. They're not thinking about heaven and all the spiritual aspect of what's going on. So they see stars. Now, if they are shadows of the fourth kingdom, stars are the shadow, then... There's something more to what stars are up on the fourth level, and the level that we don't tend to interact very much with. So astronomers dismiss religious claims that stars are something more. Okay? They're just out there millions and billions of light years away. Uh, so knowing that the Bible is our ultimate authority, 
we can come to a much greater conclusion than that. Uh, God hath revealed uh, them unto us by His Spirit, for, so for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So, who wants to go a little deeper? Let's go a little deeper. Let's go deeper. So 1 Corinthians 1-2, Because of the foolishness of God is wiser, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So, how good can any astronomer in the secular sense be? Can he get anywhere beyond his limit, limited thought? You know, God is much, much wiser. You know how wise God is? There's an innumerable company of angels, and yet he knows that a third of them were cast down. So in our math world, like that's impossible. You take a, you take a hundred, what's a third of a hundred? 33.3333333333 keeps going. How can there be a point three of something? Just can't wrap, wrap your mind around that, right? But yet a third of an innumerable company. So that's how wise God is. The Bible tells us that angels are actually stars in Revelation 1.20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in, the, in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels. Stars are angels. Okay? Revelation 9.1, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. Here's the star is going to do a really cool trick unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottom's pit. So you're telling me that a, bod, a, a ball of burning gas is able to receive a key? So there's got to be something more than this uh, star being just a ball of gas that's burning. Jesus told his disciples what the kingdom of heaven was like over and over and over again with many different images. Okay. Uh, they didn't comprehend very well. Uh, Daniel, who's, who's called very wise, okay? Solomon was the wisest man, but Daniel was considered very wise, and, and Satan in Ezekiel 28 was actually compared to him, you're wiser than Daniel. So he was given insight, and he didn't fully understand it either. It was sealed up to him. However, the Bible informs us that the kingdom of heaven is higher than ours. Okay? It's actually, Satan takes Jesus up to an exceeding high mountain, doesn't he? Exceeding means beyond, above. So you say it's high. The highest mountain would be Everest. And he took him exceeding high. You know how high it was? They were able to see all the kingdoms at once. How could you do that on a ball? There's a ball. Kingdoms all over it. How could you see everything at once? Unless it was something greater than our understanding. Okay. It says in a moment. In a moment, they've seen all the kingdoms. And I would even posit one more thing, that he saw all the kingdoms that ever were and will be at the same time. I pushed that one, but not too hard in case I got anybody too upset. But anyway, I think he saw literally A-L-L, all the kingdoms. Uh, like stars and angels are made of... Um, I don't know what my like is in there. Stars and angels are made of fire and light. Okay, so Ezekiel saw cherubim, saw cherubim and described them as looking like fire. He talks about them having fire in them, their legs are like um, brass, brass represents fire, gold represents fire, and he's describing them and lights emitting from them and there's lightnings and stuff. Isaiah saw seraphim, which means, seraphim, seraph, means burning one. So Ezekiel's seeing and he's describing is literally a creature that's on fire. Okay. 
So cherubim and seraphim, although they may have other differences in their descriptions, they are made of fire. And what are stars made of again? Fire. So angels are made of fire, stars are made of fire. Let's go. Paul warned us that evil angels transform themselves into angels of light. So there's good angels that are already of light, and then there's bad ones that manifest themselves to be like angels of light. Here's your definition of seraph. I won't go through all the details in that, but it even references fiery flying servant, serpent. The word is used in that context in some places of Scripture. So seraphim is referenced in Scripture. Um, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Remember those seraphim are standing up or are flying around and they're calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Uh, just take the time. I like this one. Why are there three holies, by the way? That's right. So the Old Testament tells us about the divine Godhead, Trinity. Seraphims even grab a live coal and stuff it on Isaiah's mouth. And that's no big deal for them. Uh, the living creatures up in, uh, in Revelation, they're going to the altar and they're grabbing fire out of the altar. So this is no big deal for them because they're made of fire. Okay. Genesis 3.24, So he drove out the man... And he placed at the east of the garden cherubims and a flaming sword. So there's these angels that are holding on to this flaming sword going in all directions. That's pretty scary, actually. Exodus 25.18, And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, a beaten work. Why were they made of gold? Because again, gold represents fire. I mean, you're not going to actually have fire burning on top of the Ark of the Covenant, so you make it out of molten gold, and then you form your um, object. Okay, I probably got to move along to get back, get up to Christmas. <laughs> uh, so cherubim, same thing. Uh, if you want any references, you're welcome to have this after. So anything I've said, you're like, hey, I got to check up on you. You're welcome to it. Um, color of amber out of the midst of the fire. They get the same kind of thing. Color of burnished brass. What does burnish mean? You know, you, you rub something until it kind of pops out, but it's burning it. As for the likeness of living creatures, their appearance is like burning coals of fire. That's their description. I think you probably believe that. Lucifer. Lucifer, Lucifer, means light bearer. It's actually what the name means. So the, the head angel that was created to be the cherub that covereth, this is supposed to cover the throne of God, uh, he was uh, made of instruments and stalls, fun, fun stuff, covered himself in jewels, and uh, he's made of light. He's the light bearer. Of course, then he falls and he loses that position. Um, so he can only manifest himself and try and trick people that he's like this good guy. But unfortunately, he is, he is not. And he'll be brought down to hell. All right, 2 Corinthians 11.14, And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed to be an angel of light. Ezekiel 28, this is where we see reference of the king of Tyrus. Now, the king of Tyrus wasn't actually at the beginning of creation, so... Um, this is obviously not the king of Tyrus that we're really referencing. This is talking about Satan, uh, Lucifer, and it talks about his wisdom and all this wonderful stuff that he is. He's covered in diamonds and gems and that kind of stuff. And we sing little songs for kids. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. You know, like a diamond in the sky. It's kind of interesting. Satan's got diamonds on him, like a diamond in the sky. Anyway, um, I'm going to throw something out at you right now. It's not in my notes, but... Just think about how many things reference stars in our secular world and how it gives so much glory to stars. Think about that. 
as you go out to, during the week and you come across something, and how many flags have stars on them, and you think about who's trying to get some glory out of a lot of the world. Think about that for a minute, because you'll see stars to the stars. You'll see lots, lots of that. Um, Zeke, uh, Obadiah says, so you'll make your nest in the stars. I'll bring you down. So what, how many Apollo projects ended up having some pretty major problems? You know, the eagles landed. So make your nest, eagle. <clears throat> Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation. Uh, actually, I don't want to read the whole thing. But I do want to cover that uh, they have the diamond here, onyx, jasper, sapphire, lots of these things that actually ended up on the ephods, okay, that the priests would wear. Okay, uh, evil angels are revered by pagan worship. Uh, astrologers twist the purpose of God's intended purpose for creating the stars for signs, seasons, for days, and for years. The whole horoscope, zodiac, astrology twists that. So God did create angels and stars for the purpose of signs and for seasons, for days and for years. And the enemy goes, Haha, I'm going to take that and I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make people worship false gods, which just happen to be also the same angels, the fallen ones. Okay? So, I mean, when, you're, when you have a nature, when you're created to do something, you can be good or you can be bad, but you still got a nature. So if an angel is designed for that, he might be a bad one, he's still going to go, I'm for signs and for seasons for years. It's just going to be for the bad. So think about the different stars and the constellations and uh, how we use it to navigate and all that kind of stuff. Um, gods, demigods, giants, hybrids, chimeras, dragons, beasts, all this mythology is really centered around these fallen angels. Uh, each constellation of the zodiac is a collection of stars. The Bible actually calls them bands, um, you know, like a, a band of robbers. Uh, I'm going to skip past this because I'm going to get stuck. We've read some of this already. Revelation 12, once again, we see the Satan, he grabs his tail and he scoops a third of the stars down. We know those stars aren't just pulling uh, physical bodies that are billions of light years away. Somehow in the spirit realm, he's pulling them down to earth and he's casting them down with him. So these are those bad angels that have rejected God. Whoops, sorry. Scratch my nose. Um, the devil, which is Satan, which deceived the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So if you read the full scope of that, it says the stars were cast down, it was him and his angels. Connect the whole idea together. The Bible also tells us that stars are called the heavenly host. We know that, right? Um, we just sang about it. Heart and herald angels sing. The whole heavenly host goes up after the first angel talks to the shepherds, and they all are out there. And they're out there doing that. So they're the heavenly host. But stars are also referred to in the Bible as the heavenly host. So both stars and angels have the same reference. Heavenly host. Incidentally, they're also both innumerable. God says that both the stars and them are innumerable. So, are, so is the sand and the sea. But that's a different sermon. Uh, sand is made of silicone, so think about that one for a second. Um, don't think about that. I'm distracting you. So, uh, Deuteronomy 17:3 and hath gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun, the moon, or any of the heavenly hosts, or the, sorry, the host of heaven, which I have not commanded. So, God is also saying that stars, the moon, the sun, they're all part of the heavenly host. Do you know the word planet means wandering star? The literal word for the Latin word planet means wandering star. 
Because when they looked at these stars, they're like, they're not like normal constellations which just kind of rotate throughout the year. These things are all over the map, but it takes so many years, hundreds of years, to get some of these pathways correct. And they were trying to chart things like Neptune and Uranus, which are way out there and have years that are longer than ours. So they're like, what's going on with these guys? They call them wandering stars. Incidentally, again, those planets are named what? Neptune, god of the sea, right? Think about that. All right. Um, 2 Kings 17, 16, And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made for them molten images um, of the heavenly host. And heavenly ho- host of heaven, heavenly host, so stars and angels being referenced there, and being worshipped as false gods. Uh, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. You all understand. They sing. This verse in Job actually says that the morning stars sang together. Well, we know now with instrumentation that they put out EMF radiation, and it's a frequency. So stars put out a frequency, sort of like music, so you can actually tune that, listen to that. Um, you can li- go online and find where you can listen to stars singing. And angels sing. So it's another uh, witness that they are the same. Um, stars in the sky in multitude innumerable. I already mentioned innumerable. i got to get going here. Angel equals messenger. So now, what is the function of an angel? There's actually quite a few, but I'm just going to focus on um, messengers and what messages that they're going to bring specifically around Christmas and around um, Jesus' resurrection. Angels are involved in both the birth and the resurrection and talking about him coming back again. So, um, one class of uh, spiritual beings, or I'm not going to go through that, it just means messenger. Uh, created for signs, seasons, and for days. We already read uh, Genesis 3.14 earlier, so I'll just highlight that again. Signs for seasons and for days and for years. Okay, There's a lot of time words that are associated to angels. So if you see a blue word up on the screen, it's because actually I'm noting that there's lots of different time things going on there. Um, from the very creation, angels and stars will tell the world of the coming and birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, they tell Abraham. They tell Lot. They tell Daniel, Zacharias, Joseph, Mary, the shepherds and the wise men about Christ's coming, about Jesus is going to be born. Uh, Abraham, remember the three men come up to him because there are three men. And we know one of them is the Lord because he says he's the Lord and he worships him as such and never gets checked on that. So anytime someone says, you're the Lord, worships him, worships the angel as God, that's the Lord. That's probably Jesus pre-incarnate, okay? And uh, then there's two other men with him. Okay, so who are the two other guys that are with Jesus? They're going to go get Lot out, and they're going to go prepare Sodom and Gomorrah for destruction. So Abraham, he gets told that there's going to be destruction of Sodom. I was reading this this morning, actually, in my personal time, and uh, I thought it was very... Uh, very interesting that if Abraham just simply represents the people of God, because out of his seed come the people of God, the people of faith, he gets told of the impending destruction that's coming. Okay, 
And what happens in that Sodom and Gomorrah destruction? There's two guys go, two witnesses. What are the two witnesses that we have today? We have two. We have an old and a new testament. We have two witnesses. And those two witnesses go into Sodom, and they're like, Lot, you got to get out of here. Lot's called the just man. you got to get out of here. Before destruction happens. Does that remind us of another doctrine? How God's going to come get us before he destroys the world? Before he pours out his wrath? So that's kind of cool, right? So it talks, in a sense, about a Savior. Because those two guys go out there, and they represent, in actuality, the Word of God. Who is who? John 1, he is Jesus, right? Jesus is the Word. So those two guys are actually representing Jesus going in. So the witness to Abraham right there. Okay. Um, Lot, same, same continuation of the story, and he's the one that gets face-to-face with those two witnesses. Open your Bible. Left side's your Old Testament, your right side's your New Testament, and those two witnesses are going to tell you, listen, you want smoking or non-smoking? <laughs> you want to get out of this? Then you need to trust in Jesus Christ because he paid the price for your sin. He died in your place. That's like a coupon because he's the redeemer. You want to redeem the coupon? I did, right? I redeemed the coupon. I trusted Jesus Christ because he died in my place. Am I running behind? I'm good. Okay. Um, I did a 56-minute sermon one, so I was just trying to make sure that we're not <laughs> turning into that. Okay. So we delivered just Lot. Um, Lot gets to hear about it. Very cool. When the morning arose, then the angels hasten Lot. Uh, remember, Jesus rose. What It was early in the morning. On the third day, they went to the tomb, and the tomb was empty. Again, a time word, but it's relevant. It actually ties those stories together. So, all right, the sun was risen upon the earth. Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed. God's wrath. Okay, Daniel came to pass when I, Daniel, uh, had seen a vision. So, Daniel all of a sudden goes into a vision and he sees an angel come to him. And this angel's Gabriel, and he's going to come up again to. Joseph and to Mary, and he's a messenger, right? That seems to be his main task. You know, there's a, a false god of the uh, Eastern world, or the um, Middle East, false god that comes up in many religions, and his name is Merc- Mercury, Mercurius, and he has that job of flying around telling messages, okay? He's the false god. He's a, a sort of an anti-Gabriel, if you would. So Gabriel... He's talking to Daniel, and he's there to try and give him some understanding of the vision, to give him uh, more to write, more to, to give us, so that later we will understand that. Because I don't think Daniel fully understood that either, because he was told to seal up his book. Okay? Revelation, he was told to keep it unsealed. John was told to keep it unsealed. Okay, so the angel touches him and sets him upright. That's a function of being a minister. He comforts Daniel and helps him out. Uh, he said, Behold, I will make thee to know... What shall be in the last, in the, uh, in the end of indignation at the time appointed at the end? Um, uh, Gabriel continues to tell the future to Daniel, and in verse 25 tells how the Antichrist will fight against the prince of princes. Sounds familiar, right? And of course, we have the Prince of Peace. So the famous Isaiah 9 6, talking about Jesus, says, 
of course, um, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Yeah. And Jesus had how many wounds? One, two, three, four, five. I'm supposed to focus on four today. Anyway. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and the sin of my people Israel, that's what we do for salvation. We confess our sins, we repent, we trust in Jesus Christ for his salvation, right? Um, while I was yet speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, who we seen in vision chapter before, uh, he, he was caused to sw- uh, fly swiftly to touch me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding He's there to give a message to Daniel. He's given some understanding. And so he does that. And he actually says, the Messiah, the Prince. He's talking about Jesus. And this particular prophecy, of course, is going to when Jesus will march into Jerusalem. Okay? So march into Jerusalem. Ride the colt into Jerusalem. He didn't really march in there, did he? <laughs> okay, a Messiah. So um, angels function there, leading up to the birth and to the life and death of Jesus Christ. Uh, Zacharias, remember who Zacharias is? That is John's dad, John the Baptist's dad. And uh, he's in the temple, he's lighting incense, doing his job. Um, Angel comes to him in a vision. He doesn't believe the angel. It happens to be Gabriel again, doesn't believe him. So what does he get muted? So... Now the message is louder than ever for everybody around him. He's, he's muted and he's got to write on a tablet so everybody has to really pay attention. So that's the first iPad. <laughs> um, this is really profound to me. What, was angels, what were angels created for? For signs, seasons, days, and years. Whereby shall we know this? What do the Jews require? A sign. Jews require a sign. Whereby shall we know this? That's a sign, right? Give me a sign. Uh, years, day, and season. Does the scripture like tie itself together better than that? That is like profound from Genesis 3.14 to Luke 11, um, 11.20. So they completely harmonize and tie together. That's the benefit of your Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, 40 different people writing it, and yet profound and totally connected. Chase a word and that word expands out through from start to finish and puts you on your knees and says, wow, God, you did that for me. You sent that message to me that no one else could possibly write over how many thousands of years? Unbelievable. Uh, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. This is Joseph. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and told him that he is going to be the husband to Mary, who is going to have a son, and that he ought to marry her um, and take care of her and raise up Jesus. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel had bidden him. So he was obedient to that. So what's the function of the angel? To tell everybody about Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do too. It's another sermon. I did a lot of prep for it, but I, there's no way I could get it in here. But if you just add up a bunch of things, 
um, we get to be as the angels in heaven, don't we? Like, when we die, we're not given in marriage the same way we hear on earth, because the angels aren't. We get to be as them. What are angels called? Saints. What do we get to be called? Saints. Uh, we are the salt and the light. Even our own DNA has a chemical in there called phosphorus, which is the same basic word as Lucifer. It means to bear light. We have two chains in our DNA to bear light. He failed it. Let's not fail that. Let's stand up and bear light. We get to be like the angels. Okay? So that chemical phosphorus actually emits light. They know that at conception, when the two seeds come together, there's an instant emission of light. DNA actually sends out optical signals from cell. The cell in the body now, we have equipment now able to tell that. So even our own DNA, which is a scroll written in word of God that gets unwound and stuff. Sue heard me go on that one before. It's a long discussion, but um, it is a representation of the word of God, which is Jesus Christ in us. Okay? Abide in me and my word will abide in you. Okay, And thy word is a yeah, lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Okay. He was there to warn Joseph. The angel came and warned him. Um, you need to get out of Bethlehem because Herod's a coming. And he's going to kill kids. So he gets him out to Egypt. Then he also tells him, it's okay to come back now. So messages for Jesus Christ. Mary gets to be told. She is very humble and she also uh, obeys. And she's told that John is already six months in Elizabeth's belly. Uh, she gets told that she's going to be um, the chosen vessel for which the, that Jesus would be born through, that the Holy Ghost would come upon her. Um, a son, and shall call his name Jesus. So that's how they name him Jesus. They didn't just pick that name out of anywhere. They were told to name him Jesus. Okay. Okay. His kingdom, there shall be no end. I like to tie back in the kingdom that we were talking about earlier. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest. And that holy thing, which is Jesus, the Son of God. So, message of Jesus. Told the shepherds. And the shepherds are out there. They're tending their flock. Uh, in a way, they're representing Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd. So they're out there taking care of their lambs. And uh, for unto you this day, um, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. There, what signs, seasons, days, years? This day, a sign. Tying again to Genesis three fourteen. This day, there's a sign, and it's about Jesus, the Savior. And suddenly. Uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. We read that really quick earlier. The heavenly hosts are the stars. They're the angels. Lauren talked about the star that led the wise men. Now, how do you get a big orb of light moving along the sky unless it's actually something more than a big orb from the heavens, Right? Is there something more to that big orb that's leading them to Jesus? What's his job? To tend the message to lead them to Jesus. 
And that's exactly what the star does to those wise men. Okay. Interesting, just thinking about the phrase wise men too. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask. Ask for it. So if you want to have wisdom, even if you don't believe in God, you ask, give me wisdom, help me to understand your word, and guess what God will do for you? He will open it up to you and lead you to whom? Jesus. That's the whole point. The two testaments are there to lead you to Jesus, to get you out of the God, God's wrath to come. Okay. So the wise men, they're watching the star. They get led all the way to Jerusalem. Well, they get led and they go to Jerusalem and because that would be where the king would be born. And Lauren said that, of course, the king would be born in Jerusalem, right? But he wasn't there. So when they get sent out, the star appears again, and then they follow the star again. And they get taken right to Jesus, which is exactly what the angels are doing. This is exactly what the Bible does. takes us right to Jesus. Angels were also created to bring glad tidings to Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome and Cornelius. Uh, at, at the death of Jesus, uh, the three days go by. They go to the, go to the tomb to try and get rid of the he stinketh smell that they expect to be there. And it's not. And if you read the different Gospels, you see quite an elaborate picture of what's going on there. There's an angel who comes and rolls a stone away and sits down on the stone. There's another one in the tomb. And they're saying, he's not here. He's risen. So they're continuing the message of the Gospel, telling them about, hey, he is life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So they're telling him, he's risen. Jesus is life. Can't keep him down. Uh, The angels also would tell of Jesus' return to the disciples. And uh, remember in Acts 1, I'm probably skipping a bit here. Past Mary there. Um, Acts 1, they watch Jesus go up into the sky. Oh, he's gone. Oh, and then the two angels go, what are you doing? How many angels again, sorry? Two, and what do they represent again? Yeah, the Old and the New Testament. They're both they're both the same. They may have been the same ones that were in, pulled Lot out. I don't know, but they're there going, hey, he's going to come back just like he left. So keep watching for that. Where was Lot when the two angels came? I skipped over that. Where was he? He was at the gate. He was sitting at the gate. What's our job as Christians? We're supposed to be watchmen. We're supposed to be sitting at the gate, watching. Not only for an enemy to come, but also for the king's return. Okay? So we should be watching. The, the two angels came when Lot was at the gate. Right. There's going to be two more witnesses coming up too. I don't know if they're human or if they're angelic or what they are, but they're going to stand there and they're going to witness of Christ's return again. Okay, And they also blow fire, so it's probably something connected to the angels and fire there. Okay, And Cornelius, an axe. Cornelius, um, he's a devout man and he's doing sacrifices. He's uh, trying to honor God. And an angel comes and says, we're going to get you the gospel message. Apostle Peter is going to come. Go send men to go get him. Bring him here. He's going to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
what's the angel doing? Bringing a message saying, you need Jesus. And then Cornelius and his whole household and everybody else there comes to the Lord. Yeah. So in cap, angels are fourth-dimensional creatures that day unto day manifest as stars. Every night we see them as stars. But they're more than just stars. They're living creatures, what the Bible says. They are the living creatures. Um, they were created. They're not eternal in the sense that they were before God. They were created by God and for God. Angels are stars, if you can wrap your mind around that. Again, it's a hard one to wrap your mind around because we are stuck in a tangible world. Not many of us can like walk through walls, right? Angels can. They go right into the prison, undo the latches of Peter's uh, um, yeah, his shackles or whatever, and they walk right out. And some phases there because these guys are just like, the soldiers are just there. There's like 16 soldiers or something over top of Peter. And 16 is 4 times 4 too. And they're all just like, whatever. And the angel and Peter just walk right out. It's like the like time slowed down. Out they go. Um, and there's not enough time to talk about all the other things that they are. But uh, one more mind blower. Angels are chariots. <laughs> Remember how they're bearing up the throne of God? God's got a really cool car. And there's a scripture that says that the angels... Uh, um, angels of the Lord of 20,000, yea, the chariots of God. So so interesting. They have all these different functions. But I think primarily for us, they're there to administer the word of God to get us pointed to Jesus Christ. Okay, Do a lot of other things. Do not worship angels, because when you do that, you're actually worshiping an enemy. You're not worshiping the Lord. Right. In follow-up, if you haven't made a decision for Jesus... He came because I sinned. Because if I break one commandment, who's the first guy to break a commandment? Adam, right? Adam, he, he broke a commandment. Yes, I, the angel, true, but the sin that got man death, the sin that brought death in the world was Adam's sin. It wasn't actually even Eve's sin. It was Adam's sin that brought death into the world. Because he ate that fruit, he shouldn't have eaten it. How many laws were there? One. Eat everything you want. Don't eat that one. One law. One law. You could break the one law. What happens if you break one law today? You broke them all. That says they're, they're together. It's like a piece of glass having it all written on there. You drop it. It's all broken. It's like when the tablets got smashed down. One breaks, they all break. Okay. Those tablets are Jesus, by the way. First time the tablets come down, it's Jesus. And he was killed on the cross. And then the second time they come down, they're not broken. They're eternal. They're written in stone so that you can't change them. Anyway, I've sinned. We've all sinned. We've broken the commandments of God. The consequence of sin is hell. God's wrath being poured on you, the lake of fire, an eternal punishment and damnation. Not a pretty picture. So you want to get away from the smoking? Then you trust that Jesus came to pay that punishment for you. He bore the cross. He was hung on the cross. And he did that for me. He did it for you. He, it's like, I, I spent more than I could afford. Now I'm in debt. 
pulled out his wallet, paid it in full, it's done. Of course, if I don't accept that transaction, I'm not forgiven because I didn't accept the transaction. So I need to receive that. I do. I trust. The guy who's in an airplane, the fuel's empty. It's going to go down. Not sure when it's going to hit the ground, but it's going. Like my life. I don't know when I'm going to die. Could happen tomorrow. Could happen leaving here. Doesn't put on the parachute. He's going to splatter down. But you put the parachute on because you trust the parachute. The parachute is Jesus. You put it on. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put him on. Because otherwise, okay? So that's the message the angels are bringing to us. Put on Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in him. If you haven't repented, repent. just means to turn away from that life of sin. doesn't mean you're perfect. God's going to work on you. The Holy Spirit does all that work. This is not work. This is just obedience. Turning and saying, okay. Now, if I'm facing God, instead of facing away from God, it's a lot easier to obey Him than it is when I'm turning away from God, have my back to Him. Think about that for a minute. Unrepentant, my back is to God. Repentant, I'm walking towards Him. All right? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to come here and tell about your truth, a little insight from your word. Thank you so much that your word is tied together from start to the end, that it is uh, cohesive. It is just so amazing. It's just amazing. Thank you, Lord, for that. Um, thank you for the opportunity to, to preach it. I pray that the, the, your seeds of the word of God would go out into good soil and they would uh, grow up 30, 60, and 100 fold and produce fruit and that everybody here would go out and tell something uh, that they understood from your word and uh, that it would just continue to grow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, pray that Bill would be okay. He's uh, on his way there. I haven't heard an update. I don't know if you anybody heard an update. Okay, Lord, just we just trust him to you. Uh, you you know best in all all circumstances. You know best. And bless Cameron this Christmas. Let it be a, an amazing time with his family. Thank you that you take him home to yourself. In Jesus' name, Amen.